Hey, what's going on, everybody? Long shaking, time shaking. no here. People say I talk too fast on the podcast. What do you guys think? I don't know. I, you talk pretty fast on me, but, you know, Micro Machines. Micro Machines. <laughs> micro Machines. Uh, this is the Micro Machines podcast. Uh, welcome, everybody. We're going to talk about uh, Wave 3 Micro Machines this week. Oh, I uh, like Wave, like, 300. Well, no. I mean, but we're, we're starting at the beginning. Dude, you know? the classics. Oh, okay. yeah, We're starting at the beginning. So we're going to talk about some some Star Wars Micro Machines play sets, <laughs> some classic stuff. We're going to talk about Pogs. I know everybody wants us to talk about Pogs. We're going to talk about that next week. I never owned Pogs. Me no. Either. Then we're going to talk that's, about mass. That's the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Beyblades. That's going to be later in the year. Beyblades. <laughs> uh, no, this is the Big Planet Comics podcast, and my yes. name is Kevin. I'm Nick. Panetta. I'm Jared. What? I'm Jared. <laughs> I'm, I'm Jared. Don't think about last names. No. Panetta. Yeah, Panetta. Um, yeah. Uh, and this is episode 84. Wow. wow. I know. This is what we do every time. I'm like, what? As if the last one was not episode 83. It's hard to believe. But uh, you can always listen to this podcast however you're listening to it. And you can check us out on um, uh, Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) The internet. Twitter, Facebook. You can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, the internet, and iTunes. Soon to be on Vine. Tumblr. Uh, No Vine. Yeah, what would we even do on a Vine? Pinterest. That's my favorite. We would just put up spoilers for the ends of all the issues that come out every week. We just post, like, all the best panels. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And... uh, yeah, what's going on on the Twitter, Jared? Tweeting. People tweeting. tweeting. People tweeting like birds. A lot of Sounds. people have been uh, tweeting that they like our stores, which is nice. That's good. Like Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We like our stores, too. <laughs> yep. Uh, so what do you, what have you guys been up to? What's been going on? I know what me and you have been up to. Playing Animal Crossing. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I had my town theme on here. But uh, yeah, well, what are you talking about? Watching E3? Watching E3. We've been watching a lot of E3 coverage. Yeah. I watched oh. all, all of it. Not all of it, but. Did you watch all the press conferences? I watched like all the big ones. The Microsoft. I didn't watch like the Ubisoft press you conference. Didn't watch the, you didn't want to see about the new Rayman Raving Rabbids game? I'm sure. Yeah, whatever. Whoa. I feel like I could talk about video games longer than i can talk about comic <laughs> books and i'm surrounded by them all the time so uh it's true but it, it, it was it was pretty crazy so it was you know the x the x bone the yeah. xbox one and now called the x bone yeah everybody calls it the x bone wait oh i thought that was the real name I was it's, like, it's terrible it already had a terrible name xbox one is xbox so confusing one. And terrible. I was listening to the. I listen to this uh, Japanese video game podcast uh, called Eight Four Play. Is it in Japanese? Uh, no, it's it's guys. It's like expats who oh. uh, <laughs> who uh, localize video games. So they localize American video games for Japan and nice. Japanese video games for the U.S. Uh, it means they translate them. Oh. But then also change things so it's like I'm in Chicago instead of like I'm in Kyoto right. instead. Oh, of yeah. But um, huh. they were saying that when you translate Xbox One, it means. Like in in Japanese, it means the box that is my one X, which <laughs> translates to Japanese family trees, where you put an X like a cross over the like somebody that you've been divorced from. <laughs> so the name translates as like basically the video console that I have divorced myself from. Nice. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it's good marketing. That's clever. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with that translation stuff. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was entertaining. And the Super Smash Brothers trailer is awesome. Yeah, I feel like we're not supposed to talk about this stuff on no, this podcast. It's all about yeah. the, it's all about yeah. comic books. Yeah, but we also but like sweet. other things. And the and the and the PS4 like the Sony destroyed Xbox. They did uh, at the end of the press conference. There was there's been this big thing where uh, 
the new Xbox isn't going to allow people to, uh, you know, trade and use games, or there's right. a potential for that. And Sony, at the end of their press conference, basically, like, destroyed them. They yeah. just, like, threw them under the bus. <laughs> it was really hilarious. They're like, you can buy used games. You yeah. don't have to log in 24 hours, or once every 24 hours to play your game. Yeah. They were like, here's our, they showed a video, like, here's our used game policy, and it was like a guy handing another guy a game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they awesome. had a training video. It was pretty funny. Yeah. How to, how to buy used games. That's but, uh, but besides that... Yeah. Besides video game stuff, yes, I've been playing video games. <laughs> That's all I've been doing. I've been playing Animal Crossing. That sounds like fun. Yeah, and then I had my niece and nephew at my house all week. Uh, How like, was that? Shut up! I'm playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> Basically, they're crazy. Like oh, they're yeah. insane. They're crazy. I asked my niece. She's six years old. I was like, "Hey, do you like hamburgers?" She's like, "I eat a hamburger and then I slap you with a fish." <laughs> like, what? I'm like, "That's a good answer." <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> oh, I, I did also go to King's Dominion. Oh yeah. Which is was pretty fun. If you guys don't know what that is, it's a local amusement park. <laughs> One of the funny things about it is like it used to be owned by Paramount, so all the rides oh, right. were like Paramount themed. So they had to change all the names. So, so now the like Tomb Raider ride is called Space Trek: The Crypt. Oh, really? <laughs> and, uh, oh, the Italian job is like the car chase. It's like the oh. stunt show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, uh, it's pretty funny. But oh, that makes a lot more uh, sense. They, they used to have like a Bubba Gump shrimp like restaurant, and now it's called Outer Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really fun. That's really great. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was fun. I went on roller coasters. What's the one when you go day. into the left, the super tall one? Did you go on that? The, the, uh, Anaconda? the Intimidator? No, oh, the yeah. Yeah, Intimidator. Uh, yeah, for the third time in my oh, life. Oh, really? And it, I almost blacked out again. Okay, yeah. My cousin went on it and blacked out. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's uh, not cool. Somebody came into the store and told me they went there this weekend and also went on it and blacked out. I didn't black out, but... Are you guys like, all getting molested came, by the Intimidator? <laughs> I came so close, like... Like, you go down the hill, like, really fast, but then you take this sharp turn, yep. and that's where, like, I got this crazy tunnel vision where, like, it started getting smaller and smaller, <laughs> oh and I was God. like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to pass out, and then, like, after a second, I was like, whew. So, the thing that happens is you don't actually pass out. What happens is the blood rushes into your eyes, yeah. <laughs> and, and it blots your vision out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it was so crazy. everything else is normal yeah. except for the fact that your eyes are full of blood. Yeah, yeah. and think about that. There's some engineer who's like, "This will be perfect. I'll get them with the blood eyes." <laughs> like all the photos are just people and they're like bleeding. <laughs> I heard a rumor that that they like slowed it down because people everybody was passing out. Oh wow! <laughs> Come to the end of the ride, you're like, "Wake them up!" It's like a Final Destination movie. <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine you're like waiting in line and the train pulls up and everybody's just like passed out. <laughs> that would be. I bet some people would love to go on that though. i want to ride on the coma yeah they're like <laughs> i can totally do it you're like no i went to a water park that was fun yeah there was a slides. wave pool slides i actually go to the water park and go oh really in. yeah that's the only thing i went to the king's dominion it's just i hate roller coasters yeah. water parks are I like I'm roller like coaster parks. yeah the wave pool kind of grosses me out i don't know it's gross it is gross you'll be like hey i'm riding on the wave and then you're like hey there's a band-aid <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's pretty like gross. any pool yeah i was like get me away from this thing that looks like a plastic bag i don't even know what's going on right now <laughs> uh what about you jared what'd you do uh, I went and saw the Hot 8 Brass Band, which is a party band from New Orleans. They're Sorry, like the uh, second line? No. Treme? The, yeah, pretty much. Treme. Down but in the Treme? It was really funny because they were playing at a synagogue. Nick, can I have some of your soda? No. Oh, thanks. <laughs> he gave me some. He's, yeah. he's nice. Oh, gross. <laughs> Speaking of gross things. Oh, you use the same gland. Yeah, who cares? I do. <laughs> you said you just watched the Low Down Dirty Brass Band. Probably <laughs> well, I forgot to tell you guys. I, I contracted a mono. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. I'm pretty sleepy, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're awesome. And they told everybody to get up, and everybody got up. They were like, and everybody got on up. Got up. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have trombones? They had... 
two trombones, two trumpets, a saxophone, a tuba, a, a it might have been a tuba or maybe like a, a baritone. It was something huge. A guy on snare and hi-hat and a guy on bass drum. Oh, people have words painted on their uh, insides of their tubas? No, they didn't actually. Oh, man, what the heck? How about the inside of their lips? When they blew their tr- <laughs> when they blew trumpets, did uh, Etouffee shoot out? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they threw beads at us. <laughs> did they throw beads at you? No, that no. was amazing. <laughs> they shot out of the trumpet. <laughs> they shot out of the trumpet. Uh, they shoot out of the, like, spit thing. Spit valve. <laughs> the spit valve. <laughs> I want to start a punk band called Spit Valve. Is that a, is that a, a thing? That's a good name. Yeah. should be. I feel like it, it's got to be. Deep. We'll just be all trumpets. We'll yeah, play for all, all the punk fans who are trumpet players. Yeah, <laughs> we'll play them backwards. We'll blow in the big end. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, did I say what I did? I just, yeah, I think I said yeah, that. Yeah, E3, video, video games, games and, yep, kids. and kids. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a good life. I ate a lot of junk food when those kids were here. <laughs> Do you eat some jello? What happens? I didn't eat any jello, but I what definitely ate a lot food? of... I went to Old Country Buffet. Oh, jeez. What, what is that? That sounds bad. It's like... Uh, it's like all it's you like can cracker eat. barrel, but it's slime. all you can eat gravy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all you can eat gravy. All you can eat macaroni and cheese. It's just all you can eat. Everything. It's breakfast. Though. They have all you can mm-hmm. drink milk. Usually, really? Yeah. Does everyone vomit? No. I mean, I don't know. No, I didn't Race see anybody finish. vomit. That's a lot, a lot of milk. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, speaking of all you can drink milk, you guys want to do the news? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, we got a bunch of news today. A whole bunch of it. We got a bunch of everything today. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, I don't even know where to start. All right, uh, Archie Comics is gearing up to go live action with a new movie from Warner Brothers. I saw that. So this is, uh, I, I mean, I didn't what? see it here. But it's uh, Jason Moore, the guy that did Pitch Perfect, which, uh, you know, eagle-eared it. listeners of the show will know is, uh, I love Pitch Perfect. Kevin's yeah. favorite movie. It's not my favorite it's, uh, movie. It's up there. <laughs> the script is written by... Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who oh. wrote some comics, but he also wrote Spider-Man: Turn to the Dark. Oh yeah, turn uh, off the. You mean or Peter, turn off the dark? You mean Spider-Ham? Turn off the pork. Yeah. <laughs> um, TM copyright. Um, and, he, and he wrote Glee, which I guess you know, pitch perfectly. Is this going to be a musical? I hope so. God, it has to be. I, it, they also said it might be a zombie-related movie, which I don't understand. What? Let's do some casting. <laughs> some casting for Archie. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys think? Does anybody jump to jump into your minds as like somebody that would be good to play one of the characters in Archie? Uh, Ron Howard is Archie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, some of the dudes from Glee. <laughs> yeah, but which ones? Who? I could see like the. Uh, you could see Quinn Fabray as yeah. Betty. Yeah, no, I can see him as <laughs> as Moose. <laughs> Wait, who's is that? His name? Moose is the big dumb guy. Oh, you dance. mean you mean Finn? Yeah, yeah, you can see Finn, Finn playing Finn. Moose. Which one's Quinn? Uh, the girl. Oh, the girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the she one can play Veronica. Pregnant, yeah, the one that sure. Gets pregnant. You could just swap. Well, over those the two whole girls cast. could play the two girls that are basically Betty and Veronica, yeah. and that could play Betty and Veronica. I think they should get one of the girls from the Veronicas to play Veronica. Are, but they're like Australian, meta. right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that would work. And they should just get. There's <laughs> no Riverdale in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> they should just get Danny McBride to play Jughead. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like been, see that. he's so dumb that he's been held behind for like years. Oh, that'd be amazing. That would be really funny. Uh, and other news, other movie related news. Uh, Disney and Marvel Studios uh, added two new movies to their release schedule. Um, one is in May on May six, two thousand sixteen, and one is May fifth, twenty seventeen. But they haven't announced what the two movies are. But they said that hmm. they're not. You know, it's not Avengers 2 or Ant-Man because it's come out earlier. Oh, I don't know. Ant-Man had a release date. Is it still Edgar Wright? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's finally coming out. Uh, yeah, and the, this, there's a bunch of speculation in, uh, out about it. And, like, it could be a Black Panther movie. It could be a Doctor Strange movie. Inhumans, maybe. I'd love to see a Doctor Strange movie. Something yeah. we've talked about on here Yeah, we've times. talked about it a bunch of times. Yeah. I feel like Doctor Strange is definitely a great way to go. They don't have, like, a supernatural superhero movie yet. 
Yeah, you Thor. could do you could do fun. Well, yeah, that's Thor's more sci-fi. Yeah, he's like sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, that's he's true. so Kirby-ish. Yeah, yeah. There's no like, yeah. There's no demons. Or there's no spells. <laughs> Not yet. Did, um, did go magic. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So that's it. That's all of that. And then there's also. Um, they released a trailer for the new 300 movie. If you guys did not know, that is happening. So this is 300 Rise of an Empire. Yeah. But it's not. Part two. It's not based on the new. It's a prequel. But no, it's, it's not, a sequel. Oh, it's a sequel. Okay. Yeah. It shows a lot of dead dudes. So this is not Xerxes based on the it, sequel that. Because isn't Frank Miller doing a sequel to 300? Is. And I don't that's know how. Cl- that's why I was confused. Because I was like, this looks kind of like what that would be. Because it looks like there's a lot of Xerxes in the it's trailer. It's like Xerxes. Going to continue to conquer Greece. Yeah, and then yeah, trying so to stop maybe. And Lena, what was her name? Lena Haiti. Lena Haiti is in it again. And she's, she's great. She's kind of like. Oh, Lena. was she in the first one? Yeah, yeah. she oh. was. She the was the wife, wife of Leonidas. I saw like the first ten minutes of that movie and the last ten minutes. <laughs> there were, I think, there were wolves in both scenes. I saw, <laughs> but uh, but I was not. I was just not into it. Yeah. Like the whole look it looked, of it. There was a lot of slow mo in the trailer. Um, yeah. It's what you want in a trailer when you're trying to get a lot of info across. Yeah, it's true. a really long trailer. Uh, but, yeah, it looks all right. Also, uh, a sequel to The Immortals. No, that's not true. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wow, that'd be awesome. Yes! No, <laughs> yes! I, I still haven't seen that. I love Lena awesome, though. Did, did you guys see Judge Dredd? Yeah. Yeah, Judge Dredd. All right, I got two more things that are actual. Are you guys caught up on Game of Thrones? Yes. No. Oh, my God. That was one sick wedding. All right. Um, so there's two other comic-related things. One is kind of cool. It's Flash Gordon, Phantom, and Mandrake the Magician are going to be in a new Dynamite series written by Jeff Parker. I wouldn't be excited because it's like a Flash Gordon, Phantom, Dynamite series, but the fact that it's written by Jeff Parker makes me kind of Did he write something for them just for recently? No, I don't think so. Oh, no, he wrote... Uh, did he write Six-Gun Gorilla that came out this week? No. 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 That's no. Jeff Spurrier. Uh But yeah, he's been... He's been doing Red She-Hulk, and that got canceled. And he was doing Dark Avengers, and that got canceled. Yeah. So I hopefully he's getting a new Marvel book. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good time news. to bring back Agents of Atlas again. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> In non-related <laughs> news, uh, there's a new Mighty Avengers series coming out from Marvel. Did you guys see that? Nope. Uh, it's weird. It's, it's weird that Al, Al Ewing is Al writing, writing it, writing it yeah. and it's mm. it's drawn by Greg Land, which kind of this sounds things. like a not a team I like. I mean, you guys uh, know this Al sounds Ewing. like a great team. What? No, not the creative team. Oh yeah, no, the, I'm talking about the creative team. Like, Greg Land does that super stiff right, Abercrombie right. and Fitch stuff, and then yeah. Al Ewing is like the guy that took over for Jennifer Blood after Garth Ennis, yeah. oh, right. which is like. I, this, that's not really a gauge, I guess, because like Garth Ennis also wrote Jennifer Blood, and he's running good things. So I'm kind of like uh, Christos gauge. Uh, <laughs> but the team for it is pretty awesome. Um, it's definitely the most diverse team. It's got Luke Cage. It's got Falcon. It's got um, you mean eth- ethnically diverse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's women in it too. Uh, it's got <laughs> it's got Power Man, like the newer one, younger one. Um, it's got She Hulk, White Tiger. She's pretty awesome. Um, it's got the Blue Marvel. Do you guys remember that Who is guy? The Blue Marvel. He's like, yeah. he, there was a miniseries that Marvel put out a while really back. People good. keep asking about. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like basically really like a, like an African American Superman. Yeah, um, yeah. But you, from the sixties, and yeah. like the whole gimmick was that he had to always wear a mask because like Kennedy. People didn't or, know he was. No, the president literally said America is not ready for a black superhero. Yeah, yeah. So, that was actually a good series. I totally really forgot good. about that. Though. And he's yeah. been. I forget. I forget what happened. Something terrible happened, and he yeah, he's, he not, can't be like seen anymore. Question: Who is Super Spider Man? I think it's supposed to be Superior Spider-Man. I was getting pretty excited. That was was one of the cool things, too. I was like, wait, Spider-Man? It's like Superior Spider-Man, which is pretty cool. Which Um, means Superior Spider-Man is going to be around for a little while. Right. Which I I love because it makes people mad. Two more series with him. And also, um, 
uh, Monica Rambeau, who has like been Captain Marvel, was Photon. She's like a new character, new name in this one too. Huh. Um, and who else? There's one more person. Oh, and Ronan, which is the weirdest thing. Weird. It's another Ronan, which the mysterious Ronan again. Oh yeah, because Ronan was Hawkeye. Well, first it was spoiler Echo. ten years ago. Yeah, first it was Echo, Echo and, then and then it later Hawkeye. it was Hawkeye. Now it's like somebody else. <laughs> it's like sure. really weird. But yeah, whatever. Maybe um, Green Arrow. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I, I really like the lineup of this team. I'm not Arrow. too excited about the creative team, but I really like this lineup. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Well, it's there's a lot of it's great just, characters that could be put together, and just they don't do it very often. Yeah, these this are all characters that aren't really used too much these days. Yeah, <laughs> except for Spider Man, but that guy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. That's it for news. That's it. Cool. That's a lot of news. Yeah, that Jeez. is a lot of news. Well, don't worry because we also have a lot of questions. Holy mackerel! Yeah, just yeah. To the page. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> most of these are from one person, so thanks, Aaron Amos. But here we go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, this is an eight-part question from Aaron Amos. Or <laughs> eight Amos or Asmus? Or, oh, I, I feel it's something I don't know. Uh, it just says Aaron here. It's so, Aaron, Aaron A. Thanks, Aaron A. Uh, <laughs> question number one. Uh, why does DC keep putting its crappiest artists on books lately? Because <laughs> they're the only ones they have. Both Jared and Nick already know that I had to fight back nausea when I looked at... These are... These, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> when I looked at the changes in Stormwatch, which I immediately canceled. Recently, the changes in Red Hood and Justice League have left me wondering if this was the month when the good artists took vacations. Thoughts? <laughs> Has a change in artists every... Ever. Ever, Probably ever, yeah. ever completely affected your perception of the story being told. Um, uh, the thing about them putting all their crappy artists on books is just like they're, you know, they've, they've had a lot of artists leave. Well, the, um, and, and DC's also doing the reverse of Marvel where they're committed to a monthly release schedule as opposed to a creator tied to a storyline. So right, they're they, like, we have to put a book out this month. The creator can only do five issues in six months. On the sixth month, we'll have a guy do a fill-in issue. The crazy thing about that is that Marvel has so many good artists that they have their their comics coming out like twice a month. Yep. And they, their fill-in artist is just as good as the regular artists. So. Yeah. But it's also a uh, thing that Marvel does is they, they rotate artists, but it's intentional. It's yeah. like they're like, Jerome Pena is going to draw three issues of this, and then somebody else is going right. to come on it and draw it for a little while, and then somebody else is going to come on it. Right. And then they'll And then they'll rotate back. It's sort of a thing that I think... <clears throat> they initially tried out with Spider-Man, right. and right. it seemed to work really well. Which was great. Yeah. 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 And uh, and it keeps things kind of fresh. Right. But uh, there's a difference between doing that on purpose and then sort of getting somebody who's fast because you have to get somebody to draw your book right. for you. And from what I understand at DC recently, there's been a lot of a lot of editorial interference. I think we've talked about this a good well, bit. A lot. Yeah. yeah. But uh, – and so – People are changing stories at last last minute, but they still want to get stuff out on time. Right. And, uh, you know, we talked about the Rob Liefeld thing where he said yeah. they made him change his story and they were only going to pay him for one. And, and he had to change it like two weeks before it was going to come out. So they had to bring somebody yeah. in to draw that comic in two weeks, you know. Which is crazy. It, remi- it like, makes me think of some of the stuff like recently, like, you know, Jeff Lemire came on um, Constantine, like you know, like three weeks before it came out. So I'm like, how much of that was drawn and how much, how much of it was not? Right. And how much was the re- rewrite? And same thing with uh, recently um green lantern core was supposed to be field cough or whatever and, now and then venditti took over right. yeah yeah and, and how much of that was done because you know that stuff's usually done months in advance yeah then good. the the andy diggle stuff as well so i yeah right. I, I don't know uh, on action comics <clears throat> um and then has uh has a change in artist ever completely affected your perception of the story being told yes. for me it has uh new x-men <laughs> I knew you were oh, going to say that. that was yeah, yeah. Uh, I you know the I thought that the stuff that was drawn by 
Um, Frank Quitely, and then even the Leno U stuff was great, but those Igor Corday issues just killed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that even though good. even though I knew the story was great, but I just like I was not enjoying it. Right. Yeah. Usually, anytime Greg Land takes over, but <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, because like uh, Iron Man, I feel like the story in Iron Man was pretty solid even at the beginning, but I just I couldn't get into it. Yeah, no, it's great because it's got good art. Yeah, 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 it'll happen. It, the reverse is usually better. <laughs> Bring in a better artist. Yeah, um, no, like it. No, like Jerry, you're much more of a story guy. Yeah, than an unless art guy. the art is so bad, I cannot tell what's happening like right. panel to panel. I it's. I'll notice when it's great, but I can float on a lot of bad art. For if me, a it kind of depends. Like if it's permanent. Yeah, okay, that's true. Like if it's somebody it's who's, like who's just yeah. taking over for like an issue, uh, it's, it's whatever. I mean, I can deal with it for a little yeah. bit. Because it, uh, it almost happened with me with X-Factor. Um, during Secret Evasion, they had like the worst artist like uh, imaginable. You're talking <laughs> about uh, Larry Stroman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so awful. Uh, like I couldn't read it. And I almost dropped X-Factor. And then after like a little while, I went back to it. And I was like, all right, it got better. <laughs> it's just, it was terrible. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it can be it can be really, really yeah. bad and make a difference. Yeah. But it just depends on whether you're more of an archive or a story guy. It sounds like Aaron's a little bit of both. So. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, all right. Question number two. Of eight. <laughs> Ooh, Send five next time. Uh, a few weeks ago, there was talk of actor Michael B. Jordan taking on the role of Johnny Storm in the new Fantastic Four movie. I think we talked about this. Uh, Michael Jordan is, uh, he was a point guard for the <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Uh, yeah, he, he won six, six rings. Uh, he's a spokesman for Haynes. He once got into right. a... a a three-point competition with Larry Bird uh, to win a Big Mac. And he he's, also, he's also really <laughs> facial hair. He's also really good friends with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Yeah, and he's been to outer space. No, uh, no, Michael Jordan was in Chronicle. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and he does everything. Yeah, he was good in that. Yeah, and he was yeah, and he won six rings. Uh, so since the actor is black, it left many wondering how the rest of the team would be configured and how it would impact the story. How do you feel about movie studios implementing major changes to characters with such long history? Um, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. Really bother me. Um, uh, if they're smart about it and just be like, you know, adopt it. You know, you can put in one line and fix it, and then as long as the story is good. Yeah, if it's done well, it's done well. Nobody complained about um, Samuel Jackson in Avengers. Well, I'm sure some yeah. racist people did. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's you know, you change things up to make them work into the story that you're you're doing. It happens in comics all the time right. too. Um, you know, sometimes it's stupid. It's like. Michael Clark Duncan was stupid as the Kingpin, but that's because he was a crappy choice for the Kingpin, and yeah. that movie was or Jessica crappy. Jessica Alba, right. Sue Storm, not a good choice. Yeah, like just hey not, boy. not yeah. a good actor. <laughs> yeah, well, that movie, too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I think, you know, if, if it works... The like, most important thing is that the movie is good. Yeah, yeah, and Michael Jordan, like Michael B. Jordan, if you saw Chronicle, yeah, his personality good. is great for Johnny Storm. Yeah. So, and he's already done some green screen flying. He has. <laughs> And I, I will say the flying in that movie is better than the flying I've seen in any movie. It's, it's great, really good. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good movie. Definitely worth checking out. But yeah, I, you know, I think he's a, I think he's a good choice. I think it all just comes down to whether or not you make a good movie or not, and whether yeah. you're good at directing actors. Yeah. 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 Uh, question number three of eight. Of eight. Why do all superheroes seem to have perfect bodies? I mean, I understand Superman and Wonder Woman is practically built in their DNA, but what about mm-hmm. characters like Hal Jordan and Sue Storm? I mean, when do they have time to hit the gym? <laughs> uh, when will someone be brave enough to draw a female character with a muffin top or a guy with a spare tire who wields unspeakable power? Um, well, I think it kind of happens, but not too often. But it's kind of like, I don't know. Who is it? Comics have, have always been that way. And it's like. Well, yeah. So, so 
you know, as much as people might not want to admit it, superhero comics, it's like male power fantasy stuff. So like the, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's right. supposed to be there. These are these idealized humans that are at the peak of physical form. And I think you find that more, I think Marvel, why they kind of hit it big in the sixties was they broke away from that. It was like Peter Parker was a scrawny right. kid right? or like, you know, Reed Richards was like a nerd, you know, like a nerdy dude. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, Ben Grimm was like a big thick guy and, uh, right. you know, Wolverine's a little short hairy dude. And then, right. and then you get like, even in the like puck, you know, who's like a, like a little person. Shorter, hairy dude. Yeah. A little but, shorter, hairier dude. I, I don't think it's the thing that's limited to comics. I mean, like you don't see any action movies with like a fat dude as like the main guy. You know, it's like Channing Tatum. Or yeah, and if you do, it's like it's a joke. You know, it's like right. They're it's, like it's, it's like Green Hornet effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only I, thing I've seen recently is uh, Dial H, which is pretty good. The main character oh, is a like big, really fat dude, and that's true. Um, I don't know. That's it's he, he's it's he's not played up for laughs really. Think, yeah, but it's like but it's like part of the story. Like you know what I mean? It's like yeah. The, yeah. the point is that it's different as opposed right, to like right, it right. just being like what it is. Yeah. But also, you know, like these guys are doing physical stuff. Right. No, yeah. I, but I think the unspoken thing is that um, for a lot of this, people learn to draw and they learn to draw like from nude models or like the idealized human body. And superheroes are basically a naked person with a costume drawn on. It's not like they're wearing an outfit. They have spandex, which is yeah. basically like even it's, it's it's showing more muscles than you would even see in spandex. They're not drawing clothes. Yeah. So a if, lot of artists are just not good at drawing normal clothes on people. Yeah. So if also if you were going to be going around in spandex all the time, I think you'd work out a lot. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. true. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that. Okay. So uh, let's see. Question number four. These are actually all really good questions, yeah. but it's a Thanks, lot Eric. for one week. <laughs> uh, what, uh, question number four. Why do the big two keep wrapping so many books into crossover events? I may be in the minority, but it seems to ruin the flow of a book and gives me the opportunity to jump off. Does it ever really increase sales? Yes, it does. Yep. Uh, definitely. And that's why they keep doing it. Yep. And that's pretty you much all there is to keep it. Keep buying it. So everybody stop. Um, you're, you're right to feel that it uh, ruins the flow of a book. Uh, yeah, yeah. It but it also depends. That. You know, some things are. You know, if you're reading uh, Secret Invasion, probably New Avengers has been building up to that already. Right, and uh, if the writer's good enough, they'll kind of work it into their storyline. Like recently, um, Uncanny Avengers had a tie-in with Age of Ultron, and they use it as a thing where um, you know Kang was teaching the Apocalypse Twins to fight superheroes, so he sent them to this other dem- other you know, reality to kill all these heroes so they can get trained to come back when everything comes back to normal. And they even address that a little bit with the age of Ultron crossover issues by making them separate things. Like that was in uncanny Avengers eight AU, which was an issue that came out between the uncanny Avengers eight and uncanny Avengers nine. Um, I mean, part of it, you know, is like the Batman and Superman finally (laughs) teamed up like, you know, in the thirties or forties, it was like a huge deal. And people, now that, you know, they built up that these are all shared universes now, and people like seeing the characters together, especially in, you know, different situations. So there's an appeal to it. Yeah. Even though it's very overdone. And sales-wise, sales, sales wise, I mean, I guarantee yep. you Justice League Dark will sell more copies when Trinity War happens. Right. Yep. Because yeah. it will be, you know, it'll be uh, hoisted up by... Yeah. it hoists uh, the lower titles to yeah. the big ones. Yep. Uh, all right. Question number five. If we all know that Superman doesn't do well with magic, why are there no magic-based characters on JLA since their ultimate goal is to go to war with the Justice League? That's a uh, really good question. Uh, would seem simple enough to shoot him with 50 magic or enchanted bullets until he's dead. Thoughts? Uh, I feel <laughs> good like... point. Uh, my thought is JLA is not a very well-thought-out book, and it's not very interesting. Yeah, yeah the, the, the funny thing about that book is, like, all their ideas, like, all these people that they get to fight the Justice League if they go bad or whatever, I'm like, uh, it's like... Yeah, they, they don't like. It's not like if you want to kill them, 
just do it. Like, it's not that hard. Like, get a guy who can blow up Batman. You know, like, just get... Who's, who's the Superman analog on Justice League of America? Is it Shazam? Uh, no. Because he's a magic guy. He's not, guy. In, it. He's not okay. in it. Yeah, that's always Who been the big it? one. I can't but remember. now it's someone else that you're like, really? Green Hawkman. Martian Manhunter? Martian Manhunter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my advice is read a good book about um, Superman fighting Shazam, like First Thunder. <laughs> right, right. And uh, don't worry about Justice League of America because <laughs> it's not a good comic. Uh, question number six. If you can make any comic book characters real and date them, think weird science, who would you pick? Why? And who would you pick to hang out around with like buddies? This is a fun question. Oh, wow, <laughs> uh, boy. Wow, that's a good one. Who wants to answer this first? Uh, well, Nick was telling me earlier that uh, some of the girls in Power Pack. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. Um, no. God, who's... Oh, I can't think of anybody... Hang out with, a, like, a buddy. I like... Um, Jared said he always really like to see a real-life Smurf. <laughs> That's true. I, I like... Um, buddies. Who's the, who's the drunk guy from Next Wave? Is it the captain? Yeah, yeah. I would yeah, hang yeah. out with him like a buddy. <laughs> right. I think I, do. I think I actually said that before. As far as dating a character, I don't know. Gwen Stacy? Yeah. I mean, Gwen Stacy's reason. Yeah. Did, it, did he say superhero or did he just say comic character? Comic book character? Gwen Stacy. Gwen She's Stacy. cute. True. And I just yeah, mean cool. Emma Stone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Jessica That's, Jones? Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Sure. <laughs> Jared? Um, I'm trying to think. I haven't read Runaways in a long time, but I know that there's several girls in there that actually had personalities. <laughs> Molly? They're all like Not 16. They're all in like a superhero team books now. Uh, uh, Jared just wants Runaways. <laughs> he just shares like I would date some Runaways. <laughs> well, who would you want to hang out with? More runaways. More <laughs> just runaways. a bunch of runaways. You just want to be... Jared's uh, dream is to jump trains. <laughs> Jared's dream is, is, is to be in the movie Where the Day Takes You. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I'm sure everybody gets that reference. Yeah. Um, everybody. <clears throat> all right. Question number seven. Who should be the 12th Doctor? Um, 12th Doctor of what? Uh, doctor Elba. Who. Oh. Uh, Zaw Ashton. Idris Elba. She is an actress in a television show called uh, Fresh Meat. She's really good, and yeah. I think she would make an interesting female doctor. Also, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, the older brother from the Weasleys, Charlie Charlie Weasley. That Ian, guy. Ian McKellen. I think he's a little too old. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm the only person that watches Doctor Who. I mean, I watch it. I'm, I'm the, the only way, person in the, way, in the world. In the I'm world. That nerdy on show. It. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else. Uh, my wife would be much better equipped. He's a, to he's an Idris question. Elba. Jared said Idris. Yeah, I think Idris Elba is a little. Uh, I think they they want to skew a little younger, maybe. But uh, he would be awesome. He yeah. would still be an awesome James Bond. I'd still like to see that. Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch is cool. He can't be Sherlock, and he could rule all. They, of the They could tie it together. It'd be like a Magneto Gandalf thing. Well, they like, could it's tie too it. much power. They Only McKellen can handle all that. <laughs> they could they could Sarah tie McKellen. They could tie. Tie Sherlock into Doctor Who. Like, That's Doctor true. Who goes back in time and becomes Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> that'd be how he leaves. What if it was, like, a teenager? A teenage Doctor Who. Yeah. I think that'd be good. What if he's, like, 12? <laughs> Harry, um, Harry Potter. Uh, it could be just one of the people that gets killed on Game of Thrones. Just right, any right. of them would be All fun. of them. All right. Uh, all of them. Um, and question number eight. Why are all superhero and villain costumes so ridiculously bright and campy? Uh, why not wear a nice pair of slacks or a sensible suit? I know everyone has the same thought. 
Otherwise, we would have seen Wolverine in yellow pajamas by now. So the the answer to that is because the printing process used to be really crappy. Right. And uh, you could only print a certain number of colors. Four. Uh, four, to be exact. <laughs> in certain combinations, usually you have 25, 50, and 75%. But, uh, yeah. and um, There's also to make the characters stand out. Yeah, and they want it to stand out. And, uh, you know, it's the same reason you see... And the color combinations sort of represent the characters. It's like primary colors for really good characters, right. like um, you know, Spider-Man, red and white, red and blue, and red and blue, and you know, um, yeah, mostly you just see red and blue. And then for the kind of you know anti heroes, you get the slightly off colors. So green you get and like purple green, for the Hulk. greens and purples and things like that. Yeah, yeah. and, and black, um, black <clears throat> like Batman. Yeah, or gray, whatever it used to be. Um, and and also just because it's fun. Yeah. You know, and because, yeah. but mostly it's because the color process used yeah. to be. But there uh, are some. That, there are some that have tried it, like, um, like notably going back to New X Men, Grant Morrison tried to put them all in like much more practical, like biker outfits, yeah, be protective, and which people thought was cool at the time, and looks really dated now. Oh yeah, <laughs> it looks more dated than like looking at these iconic costumes from like the 30s and really? stuff to me, yeah, because wow. yeah. it looks like it's from the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, um, I would say a good example of somebody who does wear kind of sensible stuff is Miss America from uh, Young Avengers. Right. I feel like she dresses the way a young girl would dress who's a superhero. She wears, yeah. like, a hoodie and stuff. and just yeah. like, But she still looks like a superhero, and I think that's really cool. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, it's it's also the thing Jared was saying is, like, all the spandex and stuff. It's easier just to do that in bright colors. And Yep. Yep. So, uh... What's his next question? That's it. That's the last one. That was question number eight. Wow. Should we save the rest of these for next week? No questions. No, let's just let's just move through them. Uh, yep. Up next, we got a question from Stephen Mooney, who wrote Half Past Danger, uh, which we oh really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, which we gave a positive review. Yeah, Jared harasses people after we give them reviews <laughs> and asks them to ask yeah. us questions. Uh, he obviously loves dinosaurs, and he says, "What are the best dinosaurs we've ever seen in comics?" Mark Schultz's Xenozoic Tales for my money. <laughs> You just answered that correctly. That is the correct I answer. I don't know. There's some good dinosaurs <laughs> for hire. Uh, anything some good dinosaur ones. Over anything here. by Steve Bissett is usually pretty good. That with was dinosaurs. He did an anything, entire series called Tyrant. Anything was Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy. Yep, Devil Dinosaur is also <laughs> awesome. Going to the Kirby, and of course you got the Frank Cho like hyper detailed dinosaurs, and then you've got man, uh, Gone is great. Oh man, that's and he's really also in Tekken one. Two. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, I can't remember the guy Drew Gone's name. Um, yeah, he's a Japanese guy. Yep, he's he's definitely <laughs> he a Japanese is a Japanese guy. guy. Um, but man, yeah. So Super Dinosaur. Yeah, that was about so, yeah. But not, but Z- Z- I feel like like if you're really getting down to it, Xenozoic and Steve Bissett's Tyrant yeah, are like the two. The, they're just the like killer. Best. Oh, um, those Age of Reptiles books also. Oh, oh wow, yeah, those are really, really good. good. Quite yeah, good. Yeah. Well, a lot of like dinosaurs. dinosaurs in comics. Yeah. A lot of good dinosaurs. Uh, what was that recent one with the, the where the dinosaurs were intelligent? Remember that? Oh. And there was like aliens, aliens versus dinosaurs. Aliens, aliens oh, versus dinosaurs man. by Grant Morrison. There you go. The there best. you go. Yeah. How's that by Grant Morrison? But yeah, uh, thanks for the question, Steve Mooney. We like your comic. Second issue was good too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Second issue was great. Yeah. Ninjas Speaking fight dinosaurs. dinosaurs. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So we've got a question from Pivo, uh, longtime listener. Um, you know. He's an acquaintance. He's a guy. He's a DJ. <laughs> he plays drums in my band. Uh, That's who I went to see the show with, the Hot Brass Band. The Hot Brass Band. Hot 8 Brass Shooting Band. Shooting at Touffe in people's faces. Doing it. Uh, question number one. Uh, what do you think of Doctor Who's Karen Gillan joining the Guardians of the Galaxy movie? I thought we talked about this already. Uh, no, we talked about Glenn Close. I think we also mentioned her in that. Oh, well, she's cute, and yeah. she's, you know, I don't yeah. know. 
She's yeah. She's cool. Don't she's know. Cool. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you when I see the movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that was a follow up to Coleman's question from the previous episode. All right. And then question number two: The beat reports that NBM will publish the eighth and last volume of Omaha the Cat Dancer this July. Finally. In addition to that, <laughs> and the recent Milo Minara erotica collections, what other quality dirty comics would you recommend? Thanks for the great podcast, you massive nerds. I'm going to let Jared answer this question because it grosses me out. <laughs> Jared, uh, Jared likes small the dirty favors by Colleen Cooper is the most adorably cute porn. Don't, comic. don't describe it. That's true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I go with. Um, yeah, check those out. I would go with all the comics in Playboy because those are really funny. Yeah, the old Jack, Col- oh, the old Jack Cole stuff. I don't know if that counts as erotica, but it's great. Yeah, Any Jack Cole Playboy Annie collection. Stuff. Right. Hilarious. He said dirty comics. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Those are dirty. Yeah. Um, also, Brandon Graham's early uh, dirty <laughs> comics yeah. are really good. A lot of like big like really good artists started out with, like doing like porn comics because it pays more than, that than most comic yeah. Yeah. companies do. So uh, yeah, you can, you can talk to Jared privately. You guys yep. can get your own <laughs> private booth. Uh, <laughs> Go to his house. You can put a quarter in, and a screen comes up, and Jared tells you what porn comics to buy, <laughs> but only for a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait, wait, what was what's Birdland? But only at the College Park oh, store. Birdland's amazing. Yeah, Birdland is good. Uh, all right, so and then we got a question from AJ Nova. Who I believe they, is he a professional wrestler? Is he related to BJ like, Novak? <laughs> uh, he's he. I think you made that joke last night. <laughs> Did I? He sounds I like a professional have. wrestler to me, though. But uh, <clears throat> he says, "Are you able to explain what makes Wake Number One so good? Is it the underwater element, the government plot? Very rarely does one read something so satisfying. Calm down, buddy. It was it was good, but it, it wasn't was that good. No, <laughs> no, it, no, it, it was, was great. Really, it was really good. <laughs> uh, and, and it seems like it wasn't difficult to make, but maybe it was. Um, <clears throat> What do you guys think? I the thing I liked about it is that um like I like the I like the kind of getting the team together and I thought it was an interesting team and there was definitely a lot of like little mysteries and secrets revealed. But the thing that kinda like kicked it to another level was once I got to the end and I, I went back and I was like, Wait, didn't the the beginning take place in like a crazy future? And I was like, It did and the end took place in like the distant past way in the past and I was like, Well, how do these things tie together? And it made it more kind of a little more oomph. Yeah, so it's like the the cliffhanger ending that like uh, Brian K. Vaughn's really good at, but with more thematic elements and mysteries to work with. And plus, the art is the art really helps. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, not to be like, um, I mean, I, I I think it's a really great comic, but not to like boil it down too much. But I think I think it's so good and it feels effortless because it follows like rules of storytelling right. that are like really simple yeah and it like it's so similar to lots of other things like right. uh you know atlantis like independence and, day independence day. Like, yeah and uh it's like when you work within that structure that's so familiar and and is is kind of easy to do right and but you can also uh stick in a bunch of great characterization and a right. great setting i think it just it works and it feels good yep. and uh, i feel like that's why it works and it feels good that works yeah it's good. Yeah, and it, it, is, good. it is really, really good, and it works. Uh, all right, so uh, next question is from Dave Rockwell. Uh, he says, related to the call-in number. What call-in number? Uh, that's 1703-539-CAST. Uh, that's 1703-539, the numbers that make up the word cast. Uh, related to the call-in number, have you all thought about special theme music for when someone leaves Nick a creepy message? Rather than a question. <laughs> um, we haven't. Uh, is that you that's doing that? Oh, <laughs> uh, a clue. Uh, we're going to make theme music that's like, here comes Dave Rockwell <laughs> being creepy again. It's just going to be the sound of my tears. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, no, we haven't. But th- that's also because nobody calls our, our uh, the, nobody calls 1703-539 cast anymore. So, <laughs> should. Um, yep, that number again, 1703-539 cast. 
Uh, we got a question from Nick Leopis, <laughs> who I'm assuming is your cousin, Nick Leopis. <laughs> it's one of us. It's one of them. Uh, it, it, the question is, where have all the cowboys gone? Uh, follow-up question, where's my John Wayne? <laughs> where's my John Wayne? <laughs> uh, seriously, where have all the cowboy comics gone? Uh, uh, they made them all gay, and nobody liked it, and then they stopped. <laughs> oh, I, guess uh, no, they do I that. just read an article about this that basically science fiction has subsumed all these subcategories like... Right. Like the masked adventurer stuff, like all the pulp ideas have been drawn into superheroes, which have been drawn into, you know, it's like this big everything, or maybe superheroes even more, have drawn them all together. Why, so isn't like there, the, why isn't there like a, I guess there's all-star western, but it doesn't really count. Because there's a, yeah, there are amazing ca- cowboy comics, like Italy publishes Tex and like a million other right. awesome cowboy comics, as does France, and they're not put in English, so. I think, uh, I think westerns in America are looked at as like a very antiquated um, right. sort of genre. Yeah. Because there's pretty much a specific period of time that they they take right. place in, and right. I think people kind of got tired of that. That's also it's, the thing. There's not a lot of period comics. Yeah, that's true in general. Yeah, and Again, well, there's it, like the Ariel Shrag comics. Right. <laughs> 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 um, but I uh, I think maybe like how we saw uh, like uh, pirate stuff come back a few years ago. True. Uh, maybe with Lone Ranger. I mean, I, I hate that that would be the catalyst because it seems kind of crappy. Yeah, right. But uh, maybe, maybe that'll maybe there'll be a resurgence of Western stuff. Well, it's yeah. also a thing that there's a lot of like racist stuff going on back in yeah, the that's true. late 19th century. So there's yeah. a lot to process. And so just like the escapist element God, is wish, not really there anymore. I wish it was a new Shanghai movie. Shanghai, <laughs> Shanghai Noon. And Shanghai oh, God. Nights. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. movies are great. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so we'll see what happens. I mean, right now there's what? All-Star Western, J- the Django Unchained comic. Django Unchained. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, we got some more questions. Just one more. One more. This is from Jared Schilling, uh, who is a combination of Jared from the podcast and Kurt Schilling, the major league baseball pitcher <laughs> who started 38 studios, which then went out of business. Uh, he says favorite ongoing titles. All right. Let's start with that one. The Wake. Oh, well, this is a crazy Saga. Thing. Wake's not an ongoing title, but yeah, good answer. Ten issues ongoing <laughs> these days. Saga, Saga, Hawkeye, Thor, Thor, God Thunder, spits them out. Um, Morning glories, it's good stuff. Mind the gap, it's good. Uh, I don't know, there's a lot good ones. I still like Walking Dead a lot. Walking Dead, it's great. At Wonder Woman, it's good. Saga's good. Profit's good. X Men, Profit's ending, but X Men books are good. Isn't Profit ending? No, not anytime soon. I thought it was ending, and those guys are doing another thing. That could be true. <laughs> um. <laughs> Morbius? No, wait. Uh, <laughs> not Morbius. No, there's stuff. I mean, yeah, I love there's Hawk- a lot of I'm stuff. I'm loving Hawkeye That's the thing. as well. Uh, and a lot of the Marvel Now stuff is pretty good. I yep. really like Uncanny Avengers. Yep. Um, yeah. Those ones. Yep. Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, I still like Aquaman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Batman got really that. good with this new Batman. issue, I feel yeah. like. We'll talk yeah. about that in a little Spoilers. bit. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, his next question. Most anticipated books. Oh, boy. Lazarus. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Lazarus. Lazarus, yep. All these image books coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything from image, basically. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. I know there's some other stuff. Uh, East of West, number four. Yep. Uh, <laughs> East of West. I'm excited, right I'm excited yeah, yeah, about um, Marvel's going to have a second wave of Marvel Now books. I'm, I'm pretty psyched about that because there's going to be like another like whatever. I'm excited for Multiversity them. when that starts. What's that one? If it uh, ever that's starts. That's the, the Grant Morrison 12-issue okay. thing or whatever. Um, okay. I'm, oh, I'm, and his uh, his Wonder Woman. Yeah. Should be pretty good. Oh, yeah. Earth One. Um, and then uh, last question. 
Oh, oh, my one best. more thing I'm excited about is the upcoming restarting of Marvel's graphic novel line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. cool. Right. I'm actually excited about these. Uh, they're probably going to... I hope they're good. They look cool to me. There are, like, these uh, these young adult Marvel novels coming out. One's about Rogue. One's oh, about yeah. She-Hulk. Yeah. And uh, I think those could be cool. I read I the, so. the, like, Mary Jane novel that came out. <laughs> and it was, it was pretty awesome. So, Because uh, I'm a 12-year-old girl. Uh, <laughs> and oh, this is another question. He says, my bad if you guys already answered this recently. Hey, you know what, Jared? Don't worry about it, bud. <laughs> yeah, it was a good question. We like talking about good comics. Yeah, we like talking about good comics. Hey, guess what? That's it for questions. Wow. See y'all next week. See y'all next week. Uh, oh, oh, my goodness. It's already been 45 minutes. Uh, let's, uh, should we do some reviews? Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. We love comics. They're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lobdell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. He, oh, I'm just going to call it Adam Cat. You, don't you mean a Tom Cat? I think that's just like for fun. Yeah, he, he says in the back <laughs> that it, it meant that. No, oh, okay. It well, a, a Tomcat by or Adam Cat or Adam Cat. <laughs> Please call me Mr. Marshall. Uh, by Osama Tezuka, who uh, oh, he, was guy. he yeah he he did a few comics, he did a few things. Uh, what what do we really like by him? Message to Adolf. We yep. of course talked about on here before. He did yep. Astro Boy, which this is uh, we'll talk about a lot when we talk about this. Yeah, Dororo Ayako. Yep, thousands of books. Princess MW, Knight, um, Unico, Unico, upcoming Unico. Uh, Apollo Triton, song. Apollo song. Oh, that looks so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. the crater which we've ordered is coming soon. Yep, bunch of also stories. two things I'm looking forward to. Uh, uh, yeah, most anti- those are my most anticipated books. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So what Adam Cat is 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 just it's a, crazy. It's it's crazy. The and premise it's, of the setup is so wacky. Yeah. So uh, it's it's basically a parody of Astro Boy, which is called yeah. Adam Boy in Japan, and. Uh, which is I don't know why they didn't call it Astro Cat for the U.S. version, but anyway. So, um, <clears throat> a Tom Cat. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so the the way this book starts off is it's just exactly the beginning of Astro Boy. Right. It's like you know a kid, a guy's kid dies and he builds a robot replica of yeah. him who becomes Astro Boy. Then it ends up it's just this guy reading the Astro, Astro Boy. Boy manga, <laughs> and um, he it's it's really weird because so he's like a robotics guy and he's trying to build a robot right and he's built this robotic mouse and you think what's going to happen is then he's going to build this robotic right, right, cat right. but then what does happen is his son has this cat that looks like astro boy it has ears that look like <laughs> astro boy's <laughs> hair points right. and uh he goes out and they get hit by a like a car driven by aliens driven by aliens <laughs> driven by aliens and uh, the aliens decide that they need to the cat dies the aliens decide that they need to fix the cat and so what they do is uh, they go into the boy's memories. Yeah, to see what the cat was like. To see what the cat was like. Because they don't know what a cat is. Yeah, because they don't know what a cat is. But because the cat looks like Astro Boy, the boy's memories of the cat are so closely related to all the Astro Boy manga that he's read that these aliens think that the cat has all the powers of Astro Boy. Right. So when they bring it back to life, they give it, like, rocket boots and the ability to shoot lasers out of its butt and just all the Astro Boy powers. And then it comes back to life, and then they have adventures. Yeah. And he can talk. And he can talk, yeah. Yep. And That's it's it. incredible. It's all short stories of them just, you know, dealing with bullies at school and a girl he likes and just wacky things like going it's crazy to the museum how, like, and there's mummies that come to life yeah how not dumbed and, down it is too yeah, yeah and they're like little parodies of astro boy inside of it like it's it's yeah. it's just really funny um it's really good it's 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 really funny yeah 
It's great. There's a part where the so the boy's father is like a robotics inventor, and he he builds this thing that's meant to deter uh, <laughs> burglars to, to deter burglars. Yeah. It's just like a like a boxing glove, right. and then it just like it punches his wife in the face, and then like punches her in the butt, and the guy's just like, "See, it works great." I don't know. <laughs> her like eyes fly out of her head. It's it's insane. Like the whole yeah. book is like that. It's, it's really crazy. It's got yeah. Great characters like that. Yeah, it. and there are actually some really fun. Like there's like a villain cat in it. That's there's really mummies. Funny. Yeah, and there's mummies. Yeah. It's and just bullies a, and there's a there's a mummy an, a mummy elephant. elephant. That was my favorite part. <laughs> so the unfortunate thing is probably by the time you listen to this, it'll be out of print because it was because uh, it's digital manga publishing and right. all their Tezuka books go out of print really fast. So uh, pick it up, pick it up yep. while you can. Yep. Uh, in the immortal words of Tim Armstrong, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bang it up, bang it up, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Up next, we've got Batman number 21, Zero Year. Zero Year. Oh, yeah. Number one. Part, um, part one. <laughs> Batman number 21, Zero Year, number one. Part <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, the beginning. <laughs> so this is written by uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. And yep. there's a backup story in here by James Tinian and Raphael Albuquerque. Yeah. Who, uh, we're not reviewing it, but uh, Raphael Albuquerque wrote and drew an American Vampire book that came out this week. That was he cool. draws a lot of it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, but he wrote this one. Oh, did he? Yeah. Um, okay, so what this is is it takes place six years ago. Can we talk about that a little bit? I think we should. Can we talk about the uh, compressed Batman timeline? No, nah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I was yeah. I was going off It's kind of confusing. Little, yeah, so supposedly Batman's only been around for six years. He's been through, what, five Robins? Right. <laughs> but, uh... Man, those guys were killed all the time. Yeah. Joker after yeah, you. Yeah, like it's crazy. a lot of, like, really fast. <laughs> but anyway, so Jared, why don't you tell people what Zero Year is about? So this is an attempt. Uh, there's a very famous Batman story called Batman Year One, which is when Bruce Wayne returns to Gotham after training and like tries to figure out like, am I going to wear a costume? And like, he does his first investigating of the crime of Bat of Gotham City. So this is supposed to be a riff on that, where it's prior to that, which is confusing. Uh, to when exactly that is, as you said. And so this one is this year one is not like you know, it's not like. From year from it's not year two, right? Like year one is year one. Also, do you feel like they specifically call this zero year instead of year zero, yes. so people aren't like comparing it yes. directly to year one? Oh, very much so. Yeah. But the thing on this is uh, that there is the appearance of a super villainish character called. They actually call him the Red Hood. Uh, yeah, they call it's the Red Hood gang, and they're trying yeah. to figure out who the leader is. So yeah. the Red Hood, who also famously in an other old Batman story, is possibly a prequel to the Joker. Yeah, not he's the Joker Jack, himself. He's Jack Napier, who is the Joker. Yeah, like yeah. in an early. But then the Red Hood's a character that's older than that too. So yep. yeah, yeah, so lots of confusions going on with the <laughs> timeline, as Kevin said. Uh, but yeah, so the uh, Red Hood guy has a gang where he's basically like blackmailing and forcing. Famous people and powerful people in Gotham to join his gang and then go commit crimes and stuff. And in this issue, you get to see the origin of the giant penny, which I kind of liked, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Um, the, the one of the craziest thing in this is the beginning of this book. Um, it's like it takes place when he's when he's first like Batman and like Gotham is underwater and destroyed, destroyed, yeah, and like. It's and like everyone thinks a few Batman months earlier. Dead. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> Do we think this is like Cataclysm or something like that? I mean, it could be. I don't know. It's really Who knows what happened anymore? Yeah. Right. So that's what we were talking about the yeah, other day. It literally says, you know, we everyone thought you were dead since he killed the city. You're like, all right, Gotham, here we go. <laughs> 
Uh, and then so, because it's a comic that came out in 2013, it has to be five months earlier after yes. that. Right. Um, but, well, it sounds like I'm complaining. This was a really good comic, though, I thought. Yeah, it's it's kind of awesome because you do see, like, very early stuff of, like, him using disguises and, like, really trying to figure out how do I fight all these crazy criminals. The thing I like best about it is it's – you see a lot more of the Bruce Wayne personality. It's, like, right. literally he's back and – Yeah, because you see his family. Right, and Alfred's, like, you have to go – you know, you've been out of Gotham for so long. You have to go and say, you know, see people again and stuff. He's, like, I don't care. I'm here to stop crime. Right. It's like, I don't care about Bruce Wayne anymore, which I think was an interesting twi- take on it that they hadn't really played up before. And you also see, like, his mother's brother. So you kind of see, like, more sides of, like, the Wayne Empire and stuff and all the, like, the normal people in his life that have never really been built up. Yeah, you see his uncle who kind of took over Wayne Enterprises. Right. And um, there's actually a funny thing that's addressed in this that I'd never thought about before. Which is uh, Wayne Enterprises is this like giant corporation, right. but but Batman's parents were like a doctor and like I I don't even know what his mom did. She was like a philanthropist, right. socialite. Yeah, so like it's they didn't even like they didn't even run Wayne Enterprises. Right, right. right. But uh, yeah, I thought his character, the the uncle character, was pretty interesting. I thought the stuff when uh, Bruce Wayne was a kid was really great. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It was just the the whole way this was told was just uh, all the dialogue was sharp. Yeah, it felt interesting. The stuff, uh, the character that's introduced at the end, uh, who I, th- I believe is the bass player from the Dropkick Murphys, <laughs> is really cool. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I just I really enjoyed this. I, I Scott Snyder's Batman got away from me a little bit during Death right. of the Family, yeah. and I don't know if it was a story maybe he didn't want to write, or if it was just that I didn't like the characterization of the Joker. Right, I know I didn't like the characterization of the Joker, but uh, I feel like this is this is where Batman should have started right when they right. relaunched the dc yeah, right. universe because this is the kind of thing that people wanted they you know it's like they want because yeah, action comics did it you know why yeah. didn't batman why didn't all of the comics do it well, yeah why didn't they all do it that's that's the big yeah. thing it's like it's because they I wanted think, to have their cake and eat it too yep because they wanted the grant morrison stuff and batman to keep going they wanted the jeff yeah. john stuff and green lantern to keep going if it wasn't for those two things i think they would have relaunched everything yeah, but uh, that, yeah. yeah but uh this is a really good jumping on point for batman I think. Yeah. Yeah. And really. it's uh and it's a really good issue. And yeah. check it out. Check it out. All right, up next we've got Breath of Bones, a Tale of the Golem. This is written by Steve Niles, who wrote Thirty Days a Night and Criminal Macabre and a bunch of other stuff. Chin music. Chin music. This is a lot better than chin music. Yeah. Uh and also uh Steve Niles wrote Batman Gotham County Line. He's also in a band. Uh and in Batman Gotham County Line. Batman has a jetpack. <laughs> uh, and the art in this is by Matt Santoro. And then I don't know who, who's Dave, David Wachter. I'm not sure, but the art is great. Oh, no, he's no, the Matt art, Santoro he's co-wrote it. Co-wrote it. Or did the story. Uh, Jared, I know you just talked about Batman number 21, but this book takes place during World War II, so you should talk about that, it. That's my go-to. <laughs> Jared was in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Someone came in today. He's like, oh, my dad needs a present. Uh, you got any good comics with Nazis in it? I was like, you've come to the right man. Like, let me let me show you to our Nazi section behind yeah, this beaded yes. curtain. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the, bo- the porn booth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this is set uh, in, I believe, Northern Europe, France area in uh, 1944, and the Allies are invading, the Germans are resisting, and uh, it cuts to a young boy and his grandfather, who um, are have been hiding out, in, or not hiding out, but are obviously Jewish, and they a Allied pilot gets shot down, and so they have to decide, like, are we going to help this guy? Even though clearly the Germans will come and or just run, punish us, yeah, or should we just you know pretend we didn't see him? And that's it. Uh, it's just, you know, good characters trying to figure stuff out until at the end you realize that there is 
potential for the myth of the golem, which is also the cover, which is also on the cover. Yeah, so the, the title. Well, yeah, is, I'm saying till the whole issue at the end. Yeah, like, oh right, the golem's going to show up eventually. Yeah, and it was it was simple and well told. Yeah, this and his a, art is great. Yeah, I think his art is like, yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of ink wash stuff. It reminds me of Matt Ken a little bit. Yeah, um, good characters and yeah, this was like good Steve definitely the, one of the best things Steve Niles written in a very long time yeah yeah uh, yeah he can be really hit and miss but I yeah I thought this was a good issue yeah it was yep. great. so it'll be a three parter so there you go there you go uh, alright up next uh, we've got Daredevil Dark Knights number one this is written and drawn by Lee Weeks who I don't think is usually a writer not really, yeah. But he's drawn Daredevil in the past and drawn quite a few other things. Yeah, uh, and this book's kind of like a anthology series. Like, he's doing three issues and then somebody else is doing that. David Lapham. David Lapham is and writing and drawing. Someone nice. else is doing a third story. I don't know why they did it this format. Weird. But, it's kind of yeah. strange, but... Uh, I thought the art in this was great, but Nick, why don't you tell people what the story was about? <laughs> I actually thought the story was all right, too. Um, the art is amazing. It starts off with kind of like Daredevil in the snow kind of not moving. Can I say this terrible thing this issue is like so good? <laughs> yeah, it's some of the best <laughs> No, I've ever seen. Yeah, best the the award for best snow of the week right. goes to oh, this. Oh man, um, yeah, I like that. Too. Actually, everything yeah. in it, like a lot of it, all the panel layouts are really cool and just interesting. Um, and it's got this very kind of sleek look to it. I don't know. Yeah, I love the way it looks. Um, but yeah, the basic story is that Daredevil. Uh, there's like a giant snowstorm. Um, it's hard for people to get around. Um, it, it messes with Daredevil's kind of radar sense, and he gets mugged. Basically, <laughs> yeah, ends up in the hospital. And he finds out that this girl needs a uh, what organ is it? She Some sort of bone marrow transplant. transplant. Yeah, and 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 it's on the other side of town. So he's like, even though I've got like a concussion, I'm gonna try to go. Get he's like, this. I've got two hours to go get it and get back through the snowstorm. Yeah, and so it's kind of like a. You know, kind of basic setup of that, and it's it's pretty interesting. You introduce some interesting characters in the hospital, and I don't know, it's just good. You get a little retelling of his origin, um, without being too like. I did think this. I did think the story was good. I thought. I thought. Uh, I thought the dialogue was a little um, like a lot of his. He the whole thing's narrated, right? And I just felt like it was very um, like it was very arch, yeah. And like yeah. he's like you know he's like the city. Like it's a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it's it very, feels a little Frank Millery. Yeah. Well, he's like he's like uh, the, this woman like is standing in front of him. And he's like I almost know a, fr- a frail irregular drumbeat won't let me alone in front of me. Hibiscus and lavender, <laughs> like he's just kind of like, yeah, he's that, a little too purple with his prose. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I just, yeah, I like. I don't have time for that, but like, but I thought the issue was was beautiful, and like the the art is really well paced. I just, yeah, I yeah. feel like, um, I feel like maybe Lee Weeks comes, you know, he's he's a, he's an older artist. I feel like maybe he comes from a a generation where things yeah. were a little wordier. And, and I felt like this was though. a little word. This would have almost been like a really nice silent comic. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, at least nice for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a cool issue. I'm, I'm definitely going to read more of it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yep. Cool. <laughs> I'm like, Jared, what's your opinion? You're like, uh, yeah. Cool. All right. So up next, we've got uh, Good Dog. This is a graphic novel from uh, Fanagraphics by Graham Chaffee. Chaffee? Chaffee. Don't know. Related to Al Jaffe. Uh, yeah. Um, I read this a week ago, so I'm going to let somebody else talk about this. But uh, basically, <laughs> it's about a dog that joins a gang. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, <laughs> it starts off with like, this dog kind of uh, wandering through stray a park. Dog. Yeah, he's a stray dog. And he's like, wandering through a park, and he sees all these other dogs with like owners and friends and stuff. And he's trying to make friends, and nobody likes him, and they keep shooing him away. And he's just trying to find his place in the world. 
and he ends up kind of it's kind of funny he ends up trying to find his place in the world and he gets mixed up with a gang of d- thief dogs or, uh, i guess they're thieves they just go around Wild scrounging dogs. off stuff yeah. and they have like a pack yeah they're very nomadic yeah it's like a pack of dogs that jump trains or whatever they do um and uh yeah and that's, uh, that's that's pretty much it it's just about him going around with his gang and trying to figure out like what he's meant to be and but the key thing about this is like they all have great personalities and they all speak like they're human so you get right. like all the 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 dialogue between the dogs as they're like you know this is the lifestyle we should lead or you know he's like his friend the bulldog who's like got an owner and he's like you know how do i find a master you know it's like a lot of like philosophical way, stuff it's based in that way where like story. where like the animals talk to each other but right. it's not they don't talk to like the humans no, no, the humans no. don't like understand yeah. them it's like but um, then you get you really know what the personality and like what these dogs are trying to do and stuff and there's a really really awesome scottish terror terror nice. so good. like yeah super scottish and he's yeah. like noble and i don't know he's, yeah he's the whole great. thing's got like almost like a goodfellas feel to it or right, something yeah. like that but uh with dogs but at the same time the dogs are almost always doing things that are like kind of believable for dogs right to be yeah doing. yeah i thought it, i thought it was well done oh, i thought it really was good. uh it I, definitely takes place in like uh i'd say a depression area era maybe yeah i don't know well, but it seems like, like everything's kind of poor and he's really good at drawing dogs he is good yeah. at drawing dogs. Well, it seems that he probably had a lot of practice. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, it was it was an interesting book. I kind of went into it just like, uh, what is this going to be? And then it was fascinating. It's got yeah. a very interesting ending. Too. Yeah, and it's kind of heartfelt. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's a good comic. Uh, up next, a comic <laughs> called Green Lantern number twenty one. This is written by Robert Venditti, who wrote um, uh, the Surrogates. Yeah, and then wrote. Green Lantern Core number twenty one. Demonites. He wrote Demonites, uh, and the artist by Billy Tan, who's just done like a ton of stuff. Is Billy Tan the guy that did She, or is that Billy Tucci? It's Tucci. It's Billy Tucci. Is Billy Tan the guy that drew um, Uncanny X Force for a little while? Maybe. I feel like he maybe he drew uh, Green Lantern at some point. Okay, well there you go. He's Billy Tan. Uh, anyway, uh, so this is kind of the first book after after uh, the after John's the Jeff era. Jones run. So. Jared, what did you think about it? Uh, yeah, so as I said about that earlier, I did not really follow the John stuff. So I thought this was good with my was it easy to get into? minimal knowledge of Green Lantern, okay. but still a little bit of like what's what going on. What is going on, on right now? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Yeah, they did. Yeah, so like I'd say like this is almost a good intro point, but there's still a little bit of like. Well, Nick, Nick, did you read Green Lantern number 20? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the problem is that it there's like. Uh, the Jeff Johns run ended with a lot of crazy things happening. Oh, yeah. um, so basically, like, a lot of the Green Lantern Corps are dead. Um, they're, like, dwindled numbers. The Guardians are all dead. And there's new Guardians who are, like, locked up in a chamber for thousands of years or whatever. And they're more, like, emotional. They're like the Guardians, but with emotions. Um, but the comic Green Lantern New Guardians is not about them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, and so, you know, there's nobody... These these guardians don't want to be in charge of the green lantern Corps. they're like i don't know what to do i don't even know the universe you know we don't know, know anything about it and so they put you know hal jordan in charge and uh he has to recruit new green lanterns and that's kind of what this issue is about there's a little cool thing in the beginning where it flips to like a lot of the stuff we read recently like even like batman where it starts off like six months earlier or whatever and like the green lanterns are all getting killed and the power battery is destroyed and there's a villain destroying everything and, and it's like five months earlier or whatever um yeah i don't know it's cool i like that I, I didn't I, it's it's weird coming off the jeff john stuff um it's pretty big shoes to fill um i don't know that it exactly 
works as well. I don't know. It's weird. It's hard. Yeah, to... I think he's he's tied that he can't break free enough to do his own stuff. Like for example, Larflees shows up, and really yeah. like Larflees should not be in. There's too much stuff left point. over. It's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, but they're obsessed with the like all these multicolored lanterns. And there's like sure. there's unresolved issues with like Hal and like uh, what's her name Carol Ferris. Carol. Yeah, that conversation. And, is and so then the boring. stuff that, you know that they're gonna try and <laughs> you know maybe get some new people on the team, which is an obvious starting point, but they don't have enough time to do a lot with that, and you know so. Yeah, there was definitely a lot going on in this book. I just like, I don't know. I didn't. I think I could I th- get into I it. I think the next issue might be a little more fun. <laughs> right. I, I, I like. I like. He'll get more on his own storyline. I like that. Basically, like these Green Lanterns show up at the end. Uh, this is kind of a spoiler, but not really. These Green Lanterns show up at the end, and there's like they're just like random people who have strong will, and they do not want to be Green Lanterns, and they just kind of show up. So I think the next few issues will be kind of cool to see like these like. New recruits being trained and right, so know. like you know that's my whole point. I was like, if that had been the opening page, and been like, right. we got all these new people, they don't want to be here. Boom, let's go. You know, like yeah, a new it, direction. yeah. If that it's happened that, like he, in the middle of the issue, yeah, he's got so much baggage to deal with. So. Yeah, but there's so much stuff to like tie up. Yeah, it almost I, it, it, I, maybe the John stuff almost needed an epilogue, and instead yeah. of this being like the first issue of a new thing, this is like the epilogue that teases teases the new direction. The, the problem the also is the Je- the Jeff John stuff. Like the last issue ended had an epilogue. Like, the, the, the last issue ended and had an epilogue of what happens to all of these characters throughout their li- lives. Yeah. It's like how Jordan gets married to Carol Ferris and they have a kid named yeah, blah, blah, like blah. it's like the end of Animal like, House. It's, it's, it's like, like the end of everything. And then it's, like, like, this is it's like, like the end of Six Feet Under. Yeah, and this yeah. is like, here's what happened in between. The end of Six Feet Under, y'all are wrong, is the worst ending of any TV show in the history it. of mankind. No, but also... Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's Not weird, you guys. I just mean everybody else yeah. in the world. It's weird, to, <laughs> it's weird that Jeff Johns kind of left them with this stuff. Like, yeah. Also, like he's like, and Sinestro wasn't seen again. And obviously, he's going to show up again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't you feel like DC almost could have been like, hey... We're not going to put out any Green Lantern books for like a year, and right. then people can get like excited for when like Green oh, Lantern right. comes back. Right. Yeah, but yeah, that but that's not going to happen. No, yeah. well, they, they <laughs> could if they happen. wanted to. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's Green Lantern twenty one. You guys got anything else to say about it? Nope. No, the art was middling. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Up next, we've got uh, Lose Number Five by Michael DeForge. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. Have we ever talked about any Michael DeForge comics? I feel like we did on one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe well, Michael DeForge draws really weird stuff. He's uh, he works on Adventure Time. Uh, and you can see a lot of that in his art. Uh, and the lose series is just, uh, usually as each issue is a series of, um, short stories, short stories, whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And this is lose number five. I think it's probably what four, four different short stories in here. Yeah. Uh, one really long one in the middle, but, uh, they're all really good. Uh, the, so the first story in this is about so <laughs> it's about a guy and he's in love with this girl. He thinks that he loves her more than she loves him, so he hires somebody to shoot him. And uh, so the guy <laughs> shoots him, and it kind of brings them closer together. And then I don't want to give away the whole story. The end of the, the first yeah, story is so funny. It's really yeah. And then they kind of drift apart again. And then he hires somebody to shoot him again. <laughs> and then he goes into a coma. And then he writes a book about it. It's it's like the most insane. Or yeah. he doesn't go into a coma. Somebody else dies. Yeah, <laughs> gets it's shot it, There's a lot of crazy twists. Yeah, they're all really funny. Yeah, and, oh my god, I just realized that's three pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that story it seems is like eight insane. pages long. But uh, what's what's the what's the story after that called? Living conditions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, living outdoors. Living outdoors. Living outdoors, and that that's that great. comprises, I would say, the majority of the yeah. book. And it's kind of um, 
it's like a coming of age story, but in like a world that is <laughs> is All weird. Yeah, it's similar weird. similar to our world, but um, slightly weirder, but but way different. Uh, it definitely you can see like some some adventure time in that, but this is definitely not a kids book. No, um, uh, it's. Oh, what would you? It's it's basically about a guy who is a senior in high school, and he's kind of there's this one girl that everybody has a crush on, but then his best friend is this girl that's a couple years younger than him, and she she kind of has feelings for him, and uh, and you know he he has a very deep friendship with her, right. but uh, it's and it it it's weird because they're doing weird things like eating these eating smoke from these berries that have faces on them <laughs> right. like make them stoned or yeah. like uh like cooking squid ink to also get stoned <laughs> and uh besides all of those things it feels like a very true story right. about like high school yeah, and like, like friends and yeah. girlfriends and things like that and it's really sort of emotionally affecting and really good yeah um and then that's kind of what, 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 there's one more story after that, isn't there? Or two more? Yeah. There's uh, one really weird see. story at the end, too. Um, I think there's just one more. I think it's just three. The short one with the cowboys or whatever. Yeah. 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 Muskoka. Yeah. And that one was that one was really strange. Just, but they're all good. Uh, yeah, but they're all really good. His art is really hard to explain. And um, it changes. If you've seen Peppermint Butler in, um, <laughs> uh, in Adventure Time, I'm pretty sure he was designed by michael <laughs> um yeah and his art his art changes but it always has a really interesting look to it and uh this is just a really good book it's awesome yeah um i feel like uh the living outdoors is one of the best short comics i've probably read all year yeah definitely. and uh i would highly recommend this to anybody who wants to read stuff that's not you know your run-of-the-mill right yeah stuff like uh for example savage wolverine number six by <laughs> zeb wells and joe matter transition uh yeah so this is um the beginning of a new story arc in savage wolverine and nick told me that he liked this comic so i'm gonna let him talk about it <laughs> <laughs> i do like it uh, i liked zeb wells a lot when he was writing spider-man and he recently he did like the the last thing with madrera like the vending spider-man issues yeah yeah which were great they were fun you know um I know you don't like the art too much, but it, it got a little better. I think in this, it's a little better. It's, like, cleaner and more, uh, well, it's well-colored, for one. Um, yeah, uh, his art definitely, it doesn't have that, uh, just, it doesn't look like it's just blown out pencils, which is right. what his stuff has been a lot recently. Yeah, um, And I, I thought the story was pretty fun. It's it's very simple. Um, it's kind of just, like, Wolverine, uh, Elektra, and Spider-Man team up to help the Kingpin? Um, cause some crazy hand related things are happening. Yeah. Unknowingly sort of help the Kingpin or at least Wolverine yeah. and Spider-Man don't know what that's what they're getting into. Right. And I thought it was pretty fun and funny and really light. I think it's something that's kind of missing from a lot of the comics these days is just like, it's not tied to any continuity. And it's like it's crazy. Very Marvel like adventure. just kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. It seems to be recasting Savage Wolverine into something that's more like Avenging Spider-Man. Yeah. Right? Which is where you can just tell side stories where at first I thought Savage Wolverine was just going to be all Frank Joe, that all Frank Joe, <laughs> whatever that uh, lost. God, that was so good. Uh, it's like uh, kind of in a bad way. Well, yeah. Like yeah the okay. last issue of it. You guys need to read that. It's, it's really, <laughs> okay, I showed Jared well. something from it. Yeah. And it just cracked me up when Hulk gets eaten by a whale. I don't know. <laughs> um, what well, he gets blown up, shot into the air, hit, hits a mountain, and then gets <laughs> swallowed by a whale. I don't know. But this was fun enough. <laughs> I, every, uh, Joe Matarera for me is like, it's all like big hands and big feet and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like it's like, um, like the worst parts of Umberto Ramos. Like, it's just, it's just not really my style. And the villains that show up at the end of this look like they're from like a Slipknot video or something like that. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, 
yeah, I, it's but the story was fun. I th- Zeb Wells does a really good job with Spider Man's dialogue. Yeah. yeah, it really does. Uh, he really he really just nails it and gets that personality in there. But uh, yeah, it was just like it was a very run of the mill. Yeah. Comic. It's fun, but yeah. yeah, but like good enough to read, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll probably read the next issue of it. So that's I definitely didn't read Savage Wolverine before this. <laughs> so uh, up next, we have a book that I think we all liked a lot. This is uh, Six Gun Gorilla number one, the best. Yeah, this is written by Simon Spurrier, who's written a bunch of stuff, and none of it is. Uh, he writes uh, X Men Legacy now, which is great. Oh. You guys need to read it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the art in this is by Jeff Stokely, who also seems familiar to me, but I don't know what he's doing. His art is great. Yeah, the art in this is really good. And the story is nuts. Yeah, so basically it starts off and you've got a bunch of like military recruits who are traveling in a train uh, and you realize that they're as the dialogue goes on and you meet more and more of them, it's the, you know, the introduction of all these characters, you realize that they're all either criminals or deranged and they've all volunteered for a special military program and all the regular soldiers on the train don't like them and you're trying to figure out what's going on you realize that they've volunteered for some crazy war mission and then they exit the train and realize that they're not in a train they're in a container shaped like a train attached to a giant tortoise covered in armor and with cannons and they're in some weird futuristic planet where weapons don't work normally and they're fighting <laughs> giant animals and it, insanity like this happens every three pages and eventually you will have um a tv show and a gorilla so basically everything everything that's happening in this war is being broadcast directly into people's like minds basically yeah um as like almost like a show um yeah, and in that in that world, there's like crazy producers and just crazy things happening. I don't know. It's hard to explain without reading it. And it's yeah, it's the part of the fun of it is seeing just what's going to happen next and how crazy this, it is. Like the thing that I think comics can do so well that no one else can get away with, uh, because you'll start laughing at it rather than with it or just enjoying it is just this nonstop insanity where just crazier and crazier things happen every few pages and it's just creates a whole new world that you're just like here we go i'm on along for the ride and this takes super advantage of that and is really really fun i feel like this comic is so good like there's a six gun gorilla in it for only just a couple two panels panels. (laughs) but you don't even mind because like (laughs) you don't mind that it hasn't yet delivered on the promise of six gun gorilla because it's because it's it delivers on like a whole other thing yeah it's not no it's like a world that feels unlike anything else that i've read in any other comics it's like this mixture of western and science fiction uh you know, where have all the cowboys gone? They're gorillas now. They're gorillas now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this no, this was great though, and I would I would highly recommend this. It, like, if somebody's looking for a number one issue uh, to start on from this week, I would say that this so is good. the best one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Cool. Well, up next we've got Super Mag number. Is this number one? Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> this is a uh, this is a collection of Jim Rugg stuff. A lot of it that was sort of self published before, or published in uh, comics tabloid newspapers, or published in magazines and things like that. Right. And uh, it is fantastic. Uh, Jim Rugg is a chameleon. Like his art yeah. is, <clears throat> it's he just he draws in so many different styles, and he's great at all of them. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know how to describe this it's Oof, it's yeah. basically like it's basically a bunch a collection of a bunch of different stuff it all looks it all looks different so it's like a um, comics graphic design fashion <laughs> animation yeah. style so so i don't know if 
one thing you might have seen from Jim Rugg recently is aphrodisiac, or not that recently, but uh, oh, yeah. that's that's probably his biggest thing. And there's it's some aphrodisiac the stuff in here. Um, and recently, he's been doing this thing where he does uh, ballpoint pen drawings in notebooks, yeah. and they look incredible. And there's some of those in here as well. And and there's just like some weird strips. There's one that's like kind of like a Tom and Jerry comic, yeah. But uh, it's just a really messed up Tom and Jerry comic. <laughs> there's one that's almost like an Evan Dorkin style comic about a soapbox derby, but it's just like people swearing at each other. <laughs> uh, there's one called US Ape, which is really funny, which oh, was published so in a published in a comics magazine. Oh, really? or, or tabloid that we carry there are a couple of those for a while really uh there's a really funny story called duke armstrong the world's mightiest golfer <laughs> about a guy fighting nazis by uh, hitting world's golf- mightiest golfer <laughs> yeah hitting golf balls and grenades at them um yeah there's a really interesting uh autobiographical story written by um uh this guy robin bogey about uh when he went to this porno theater with this <laughs> yeah. couple yeah. that's that's that was actually one of the best things in yeah, here i thought so funny uh there's a very kafka-esque story in here that's done in the style of a romance comic right. there's just like it's just like a ton of stuff it's all different and a it, lot of these are like at most three or four pages and a lot are just one page and yeah but yeah i think i think it's weird the the defining factor for me of jim rugg's art is that it always looks different yeah right (laughs) and but it's but he's always good and this book is great yep you know it can go from looking like um uh carl barks to looking like uh dan klaus within the space of like two pages and i highly recommend it yes yep the best it's good stuff and really hard to describe so hopefully (laughs) that was good enough uh all right up next we've got uh, a highly anticipated book oh yeah somebody why does it say dustin newian did he work on this book no uh, he did the backup story. Oh, okay. Oh, there's, there's a backup a ba- story. Is there a backup story <laughs> yeah. in this? Um, was it inside the foldout? Uh, this is Superman Unchained. I'm sorry, he did the epilogue. Oh, okay. This is Superman Unchained number one. This is written by Scott Snyder, who wrote uh, the aforementioned Batman 21 and also wrote uh, American Vampire. And uh, the art is by Jim Lee, who designed all the characters in DC Universe Online and... Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the weirdest things Jim Lee has done. Yeah. And, uh, he did Wildcats. Yeah. Um, everybody knows who Jim Lee is, right? Uh, yeah, and this is the this is the big this is the big Superman push. This is the book that's coming out the week of the movie. How was it? It's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this book gets a sixty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, here we go. Uh, so I didn't page one through twenty. I Superman l- punches the satellite. I liked it. All right. Um, I thought there was some interesting choices with Superman. I I never heard himself uh, refer to himself as like Clark. Which is kind of like a, I don't I don't seem to remember that happening a lot. He like, does that in a his lot di- in it, his inner dialogue. It depends on the yeah. Actually, the writer. you guys mentioned this about Batman before and Bruce Wayne. I think I think the whole thing with Superman and Batman is that uh, Bruce Wayne identifies as Batman and yeah. Superman identifies as Clark Kent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though I it, it's 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 not an all right story. Like it it sets up this kind of. Well, what is what is the story? What is the story? All right, so Superman <laughs> is, is there's some satellite crashing to Earth, and Superman is stopping. A bunch it. of satellites are crashing. Yeah, a bunch of satellites are crashing to Earth, and Superman is trying to stop them and save all the people on board and the people that are, you know, uh, below. And he thinks that Lex Luthor might be behind it, and then he tries to get information out of Lex Luthor, but doesn't. And then talks to Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane. And then he goes underwater for a little bit. Hey, Nick, what happens on page five? 
Oh yeah. All right. So here's the page five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. That kind of destroyed this for me. Uh, So like, yeah, you're reading it and you're like, all right, page one's all right, two, three, yep, four, and then you're like, wait, what? And there's this like, there's this little flap of white paper and this poster glued to it, like in several parts of the poster are glued to it, um, which seems to be part of the story. So you have to kind of stop reading it. unglue all these pieces without tearing it to shreds it does and not fold out you it, have to unglue it you have you to, have you to, have to pull, it, yeah. pull it off tear it off the tear tear it to pieces basically to get it yeah. out and then once you get it out you have to figure out which side you're supposed to because read. it's really hard to tell which side you're supposed to so basically it's four times the size of the comic and each side is a panel of this comic so yeah. it's huge it's like this awesomely huge and poster I, which is which i don't understand why it wasn't just a normal fold out and why it's like this like, why isn't it just, like, two pages that you flip open and then you kind of fold out? <laughs> like, just instead yeah, of this the poster that's glued probably. to the inside. Um, so, so, and the, the worst thing about that is, like... It stops you from reading it. It stops, yeah. It kills the pacing of what is already not an exciting thing that is happening. Right. Like, it's 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 completely has, like, no context. It's just, like, there are satellites falling to Earth. You know, it's like the cold open of a movie. It's like you have an action right. scene before you actually get to the story. And, like, that is not the big dramatic moment of a book. You know, it's not, like... Right. It's not the part at the beginning. It's, you know, like, in the last Superman movie, not the one that just came out, there's that beginning scene where he's, like, saving the, the, airplane. the airplane or whatever, right. right? Like, that's not the exciting scene of that movie because there's no... No, there's no emotional attachment at that right. point to anything that's going on. Same thing with the Bane thing at the beginning of the the Batman right. movie. Right. Uh, and so to put to make you put so much effort into what is basically a foregone conclusion is a little action to get things going at right. the beginning and make you pull this thing out to see the climax of this action scene is just like the stupidest thing pacing wise and it just makes it just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know if they were get just cool. Superman poster. Yeah. And also for people who, people who are like, you know, super comic people who want to keep their comics in pristine condition, yeah. you kind of have to destroy your comic to read oh, it. Yeah. Then you buy two. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. They want people to buy two. I guess. It's a very 90s sort of thing to do. You know, it's like, it's like yeah. it might as well be a series of trading cards you have to put together to read the story. <laughs> right. So... So once you get past that, I think the story picks up a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit picks a little bit, and I thought I thought the, the end of it was pretty interesting. Um, it could lead to some interesting stories. See, I thought the end was like I feel for a lot of people really confusing because I mean I guess we shouldn't talk about the the last thing that happens in this issue, but uh, yeah, sort of. The, I, I think the problem with it is that. It feels it, like something that's happened recently already. Well, and it also <laughs> it also closely mirrors something that they're trying to get away from. So it's like referencing. All right, we're, I'm going to talk about the end of this book for a second. So if you guys don't want to get spoiled, right. just don't listen to this part. So at, basically, at the beginning of this, they show that um, is it is it at the very beginning that basically yeah. 45 in 1945, yeah, uh, a thing crashed to Earth. And it had, like, uh, some sort of alien in it. Yeah. What they're saying is that the atomic bomb on Nagasaki in this universe was actually, instead of dropping a nuclear bomb, was dropping a superhuman guy who destroyed the whole city. Yeah, and, um, and like, the people and, like, some kids are looking at it, and they're basically saying, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's, like, this, this guy. <laughs> so, I, and then at the end they they reveal that they that this guy is the original superman which i think 
when you're trying to restart your whole continuity and make it that Superman appeared six years ago, to have this reference to this other Superman that appeared around the same time that the original Superman would have <laughs> right, appeared right. in your old continuity, is just like super confusing to, yeah. to me. And like I imagine to other people, it's just like a really weird thing. And also, spoilery thing is that the villain is kind of like is General Lane, who's like Lois Lane's father. But that was a recent storyline. Like that World of Krypton storyline was about General Lane building weapons against Superman. And I'm like, why is this happening again? Yeah, and it's like people reading this and are going to see that 1945 thing and be like, well, wasn't Superman around before that? Like, it's just it's so yeah. it's just weird. I actually me. like the epilogue better than the rest of it. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, just like, like how does this tie in? These, well, is it a prequel to Man of Steel? <laughs> I don't know. It definitely <laughs> has fishing boats. It definitely has fishing boats. So I mean, overall, it was like it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's it's mostly not great. Um, That's what I said. It's okay. Yeah. Um, Jim Lee's art uh, gets less and less interesting all the time. Um, some of his anatomy in this is like really bad. Definitely that foldout just kills it. Yeah. It just destroys it. really kills the pacing it. of what should be just like like a fun light opening action scene. And then it's like once you get through folding that thing up and then trying to decide what to do with it after you're done with it, whether right. you're going to put it back in the comic or what, you you then finish that and then you move into this really long dialogue scene with Lex Luthor. There are these two pages that are yeah. just like, there's so much dialogue yeah. on them. I haven't seen this much dialogue since Turf number one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's not a bad comic book. I no. think it's maybe just a bad start and, and, and yeah. a weird For decision. such a high-profile book with such high-profile creators, it was a horrible misstep. And it's $5. That too. Because there's a giant interview in the back. And yeah. a fold-out poster. It's like, <laughs> it's like you know, earn it first, you know. We, right. Nobody needs to see this giant interview right. in the back of this book. Nobody, you, we, you don't know if anybody cares about this. I, I will say this. It is the best Superman comic uh, that DC has put out. Except for Adventures of Superman. Except for Adventures of oh, Superman. Yeah, in, in, and, in the current continuity. Uh, yeah. And the first issue of the Andy Diggle stuff that came out. And the action, the early action comics issues, that, which were fine. True. They were better than this. <laughs> it's uh, better than the stuff coming out right now. Well, the Andy Diggle issue of it's action comics. The first issue of that? The second issue is a million times. It's the worst. <laughs> but he didn't write the second issue. No. Yeah. That's uh, what I'm saying. The current stuff. I'd say there was one thing. I think issue two of this will be better. Maybe yeah. we should. We'll check back. We'll try to read it. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> all right. So. That it, it was a disappointment. Scott Snyder yeah, does yeah. good stuff. Um, but anyway, all right. Up next, we've got Thumbprint Number One. This is by Joe Hill uh, with art by Jason. No, nope. Rick. Co- it's co- based on a Joe by, Hill story. It's okay. There you go. Uh, uh, this is based on a Joe Hill story, written by Jason uh, Sierra Amelia and art by Vic Malhotra. Yep. Oh, you guys and your names. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Stan Lee? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this is a story about a uh, well. Somebody else wanted. I've been blabbing for sure. a long time. So uh, <laughs> this is based on one of the short stories where I assume around the Abu Ghraib scandal time in the military, uh, a soldier, a, a female soldier, comes back from Iraq where she was involved in basically the Abu Ghraib torture of detainees thing, and is now right. trying to reintegrate back into society while having like horrible you know flashbacks and stuff and realizing that like she almost got implicated in it uh and it's just like her confession about what she did and like trying to get back into this like loser town and stuff and you know dealing with all these people and then a strange letter gets dropped in her mailbox that just has a thumbprint on it and she says for some reason this thumbprint you know like reminds her of something and she starts freaking out like going to get like basically she goes into like military mode and like goes up on a roof and grabs a gun binoculars and you're she's already been pretty violent towards people and so then they'll have like flashbacks to like 
her All and the her guys like she torturing did. people yeah. and like doing really bad stuff. So it's like kind of the two combos of those two stories of what's going on currently. Yeah, it seems like and it's kind of almost done. almost like a revenge thing where like she she's done terrible things and somebody's messing with her now good because of all the stuff she did. But then there's kind of like a little bit of a red herring too, like a little misdirection in in that uh, that scene where you think. You know, you think one character is something, and then something else happens. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I thought it was pretty fascinating. Like, I, did I thought too. It, I thought it was an intriguing first issue. I don't, I don't love the art. Like, I feel like it's, I feel like it's okay. I like it, right? It's, it's like a little like Sean Phillips light or something. Like yeah, that. right. But uh, I think it works for the story. It's you know, colored very dark colors and yeah. It's just it's. I feel like it's a story palette. that requires a good bit of like facial emotion, which I don't feel like maybe there is a lot of in this. I do really like, but I'm paper. always going to play the, yeah, yeah the, paper, <laughs> the paper is nice. Uh, it's a really good yeah, quality the, paper. Even the covers printed on some nice, a nice matte paper, like a 60 pound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, but the story's intriguing. Uh, I think she's a cool character. Yeah. I'm, I think she's a cool, not yeah, cool, but interesting character. See where she no, is. especially for, our, for a female character, yeah. like to yeah. not sort of, she doesn't fit in, in yeah. like these sort of three or four archetypes that you see all right. the time for, yeah. for, uh, women lead characters. So, uh, that, was cool and yeah the the whole issue was just kind of a a cool mystery and yes. i'll be interested to see where it goes yep all right up next we've got the true lives of the fabulous killjoys number one by gerard way who wrote that song that that teenager song <laughs> and uh wrote uh the umbrella academy um and um this is co-written by sean simon and it has art by becky clunan Yes. Uh, and her art and color which is something you don't see too often which is pretty cool um and yeah, I don't know. True Lies of the Fabulous Killjoys. Who wants to talk about what this is about? This is, a, this is a, I don't know. A lot so, of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's uh, so there's it's in the future. Okay, so, uh, there's crazy <laughs> stuff going on. There's a bunch of gangs. Um, there's a bunch of like kind of gangs fighting for dominance. Um, there's a sex doll. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so true lies Thank of the you. true lies of the fabulous killjoys. Uh, the the main story follows this uh, young girl who uh, basically uh, was was said to be there's there's a gang in the future called the killjoys yeah and they they somehow came across this girl and decided that she was a prophet and and because they became they were sort of the most famous gang in this sort of post-apocalyptic future everybody was after this girl and trying to kill her and they and they decided it was their job to protect her and while protecting her uh they died they all died and so uh, because of that, everybody kind of knows who this girl is. She's very famous. So, you know, at one point, one of the, the newer Killjoys says that they have an action figure of her, stuff like that. Right. So she's just kind of traveling across the country by herself. She's got her cat and her radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, she meets up with, with a gang um, who kind of realize who she is and realize they're in like a thrift store and realize that she sort of has one of the masks of the original Killjoys. Right. And they steal it from her. And... Uh, and kind of kidnap her too, actually, yeah, yeah. and take her out to do what they do, which is fight these crazy people who put on Dracula masks, kind of lose their souls. That, or yeah, the monsters. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah, and they kind of lose their souls. It's crazy, and all that's kind of put up against the backdrop of uh, this sort of giant corporation that is inside the Better city. Living. Yeah, the yeah, which is uh, you know kind of represent a very brave new world type society, and. Um, yeah, and the story kind of moves ahead, and the, the the better living people are always hunting down these gangs. Yeah, and uh, and then it ends up with a little bit of a um, 
a showdown between them, and then that ends really crazily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just a crazy, crazy It's a crazy yeah. issue, but I feel this, like that's pretty much what yeah, happens. This, yeah. <laughs> that's way more than I got out of it myself, because this comic drops you in the world and does not explain stuff. Like, there, you have to think about it. There are lots of clues and stuff. They have little... Uh, tech files at the end of the issue about some of the stuff later that you realize what people have been doing and some of the background and stuff. It's, yeah, and a lot of the language, a lot of yeah. language is very like uh, like Clockwork Orange, where there's a yeah, lot of slang and stuff, and, and you yeah. kind of have to figure that out because a lot of the a lot of that backstory stuff that I was talking about, is, yeah, like what's a draculoid, and, right. yeah, is kind of um, told through the slang, and so yeah. you kind of have to you kind of have to use context to figure out what it all means. I think it's written in a really interesting way. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know if it succeeds completely in everything that it's trying to do, but I think yeah. that it's bold enough that it's yeah. that it's interesting. And the art's great. Um, yeah, the art is fantastic. Becky Cloonan, um, what is what would people know her from mostly? She drew Conan. Conan. A couple issues of Batman recently. Yeah, she yeah she drew a couple of cool issues of Batman. Was that the ones about the kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. about like, uh, what's her name? Harper? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the art's fantastic. The world is interesting. It feels a little... I felt like Umbrella Academy was cool because it didn't feel like it was written by the lead singer of My right, Chemical right. Romance. And I feel like this feels a little bit like it was written by the lead right. singer of My Chemical Romance. Right. Like it almost feels like uh, like a Rush album or like a My Chemical Romance concept album or right, something right. like that. But overall, um, it's good. it looks so great. And yeah. It, yeah. and it was fun to read and and um, you know Jared Way is very obviously like a very smart guy. Right. Uh, also, definitely read the text on the inside front cover because that explains a lot of. Yep. That. Yeah. And the two little things at the back too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but an interesting book with amazing art and uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. I, I definitely yeah. say check it out. I, I assume this is a mini series. Yes, so yeah, sure. <laughs> Dreadway's got a band to be in, so he can't go right in the ongoing <laughs> series. Right, we just have one more thing this week, but it's really good. Uh, this is the user's guide to neglectful parenting. <laughs> this is written by Guy Delisle, who uh, wrote Pyongyang and uh, right. Jerusalem and Shenzhen and, Shenzhen and all those Burma things. Chronicles. Yeah, all those things about other countries. Uh, but this is more just about him being a parent it and a really hilarious. a really bad parent he's a lot of the time. So bad. Um, but I think he's bad in a way that probably most parents are at from time to time. Right. And uh, it's really funny. Um, really funny and really cute. Yeah, definitely cute and probably. I mean, I don't have kids, but I would imagine uh, at least that I know yep. at least really relatable. Um, right. And yeah, like, so the, what are some of the things in here? There's one where, uh, basically he tells his kid that the, that the tooth fairy is going to yeah. come and bring him a Euro and, uh, the tooth fairy does not come because, because he forgets. Cause he's like watching yeah. TV or playing video yeah. games. And then, um, and then he's like, well, don't worry. The tooth fairy is going to come tonight. The same thing. He falls asleep at his drawing table right. and, uh, and then the kid's like, well, what happened? And he's like, uh, don't worry. The tooth fairy will come tonight. And he's like, the kid's like, dad, are you the tooth fairy? He's like, what? If I was the tooth fairy, do you think I would forget two nights in a row? It's <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, yeah. He's super clever about it, even when he's making horrible mistakes. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 just a lot of stuff like that. Just like there's like a, a part where he tricks his son into thinking he sawed his uh, his hand off with a chainsaw. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, <laughs> like totally appalling. Yeah, oh, but really so funny. funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a ton of stuff like that. It, yeah, and a lot of things come across in it. It comes across the guy Delil is a really funny guy. Uh, his timing, like in the comics, is really great. Just yeah. like yeah. from panel to panel. But like besides the stuff that he's doing that's terrible, like he comes across as being a very loving father right. as well that has yeah. like, a really great relationship with his kids. Yeah, and really and, fun. Yeah, and it, and the whole thing's really fun. I was just like smiling the whole way through this whole book. Yeah, and yeah, uh, really his style is even more loose and cartoony than he normally draws, which I think allows it to be funnier. Yeah, and, which is perfect. It's like yeah. very uh, everything's. Like, 
like the reactions and stuff. It's like, you know, when this, like, people are, like, jumping up and down with, right. like, like, lines coming off of their heads and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So and it's just a series of short vignettes, but they're also good. Yeah, they're all really funny. And uh, I feel like this will, this is almost like a, like a Vader and Son kind yes. of book where, like, you could, you could give this, anybody with kids, I think this would make, like, a great gift for yeah. them. Yeah. Definitely. And, uh... Yeah, it's it's good. It's funny, and it's a, and it's the last book of the week. All right, that's it. All right. Wow, that was a long podcast. That was really long. That was an hour and thirty three minutes. Whoa, well, I guess it's two podcasts crammed into one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's it for this week. Uh, we'll <sighs> probably be back next week. I would assume. Probably. So yeah, that won't break. be as long the next time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll see you guys then. See you then. later.